Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asfalis Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is ever-changing, and this podcast is our commitment to help you navigate successful outcomes for any crisis you may face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I specialize in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries from real estate and healthcare to terrorism in the airline and transportation worlds. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Resilience Decoded podcast. Today is a solo episode, and today's title is Developing Strong Teams Remotely and in Person. So I'm super excited about this episode uh, because after COVID, all of us have had to adjust and rethink about how we build and how we continue to support our growing teams. So today I'm going to um, talk a little bit about statistics. A lot of the stats I'll share today, the links for those will be provided in the show notes. Um, And then I'll talk through a few high level points that I think would be great for podcasters to take into consideration. Um, and hopefully you guys can share with us on social media, different things like that, or, or even on the video version of the YouTube, uh, podcast channel, what your thoughts were and how this might have been impactful for you. So in thinking about developing strong teams remotely and in person, there is no magic button to leadership and team development. Uh, there are concepts that leaders can use to develop their style and techniques, and these concepts can and should be delivered to team members through effective communication uh, methods. So let's start with a few statistics as to what's what's driving this conversation. So in 2019, the Society for Human Resources Management, which is SHRM, found that the biggest benefits to virtual teams include a number of things. Global perspectives was rated 81% as a benefit for virtual teams. Second benefit was diversity that came in at 72%. The third benefit was creativity, came in at 54%. Access to talent everywhere, 53%. Cost effectiveness was 32%, and productivity was 31%. So different people view benefits and values of a virtual environment very differently, right? Second thing I want to share with you is the same SHRM study also noted that virtual teams are highly collaborative. In fact, 48% of human resources practitioners said that they have global teams that work closely and collaboratively daily. 48%, that's a lot of people. On the other side of that, 86% of virtual teams work together at least once a week. Um, And I can definitely attest to that as uh, when I built Asphalus, right, since 2014, since our inception, we've been a virtual company, right? And so um, that's a pretty interesting stat. There's another statistic, according to Culture uh, Wizards 2018 Virtual Teams Survey, the top challenges faced by virtual teams, 88% time zone differences, 86% difficulty in communication, 86% managing conflict, managing conflict, so interesting, 86% building relationships, how do you do that when, when you're virtual and how do you make it intentional, 80%. Timeliness and responsiveness, another 80%, understanding different accents, and then 76%, lack of engagement from all members. Last stat I'll share with you, the same study found that 84% of virtual leaders 
a virtual uh, workers, virtual said that virtual communication is more difficult than face-to-face -face communication. So interesting. Um, so kind of want to talk through a couple points. Going back really quickly to the comment um, that I just shared regarding managing conflict. What's so ironic is yesterday in a team huddle, so every team huddle we have on Tuesday, we do what we call IDS, Identify, Discuss, and Solve. And our book for that is Traction. That's like our business Bible. And so in Traction, it teaches us that every time you have a team meeting, somebody should come to the team meeting with an issue because we want a business that illuminates the problems and not a business where you can't see the problems because if you can see them, we can solve them. And so we kind of went through, we have a whole structured process for how we manage conflict with Asphalus. And I shared that with my team and their responses was a little bit deer in the headlights. And, and most of our corporate experiences, whether it be nonprofit, private or government, the collective feedback was they were not accustomed to an environment that started the conversation with how do we identify and discuss conflict? What happens if I'm not getting along with the coworker? What happens if this this process that we're using doesn't work. And their experience, it's been very much come in, do your job, don't tell me what the problems are. And in our business, especially as a small business, we're taking a much different approach. So I, it's very interesting that 86% of top challenges faced by virtual teams is managing conflict. And I would lend that to say, based on what I've learned in a very short amount of time, I wonder if it's because we're not necessarily taking the time to actually address conflict, right? So just thought that was interesting. So here's some things that we think will be of value to you as podcasters. Energy, engagement, and exploration are three different dimensions of communication that have shown to be effective for performance of teams. And again, we'll put these stats in the show notes for you. What I love about energy is that energy refers to how teams communicate with one another, as well as the frequency of those interactions. So for example, a team that communicates primarily through face-to-face -face means, even on Zoom, their interactions will have much more energy than a team who's communicating strictly via email or without video. In-person interactions correlate strongly to those successful teams. So that's one reason in a lot of our conversations, we are required to have one video because it's the engagement, it's the facial expressions. It's hard enough that I can't walk past you to see what you're actually feeling and thinking, right? Um, but to at least be able to see you adds a whole different perspective. Um, the other component going to engagement, engagement refers to how involved the team members are. All team members of a highly engaged team are very eager to contribute and they want to add value. So a team with low engagement may not have most of their communication happening between a few select groups of people or other members may not be participating in that process, right? And so that that energy is important, but then the engagement of how they work together is even more important, which is all about communication. The third component is exploration. Exploration measures a team's interaction with other teams, right? So if you're working on a project with a specific team member, how do you interact with folks who you maybe not work with? And what does that look like? High-performing teams are those that reach outside of their circle and engage with other groups. And this process of exploration allows for the sharing of ideas and results and beneficial discoveries of all parties. Recognizing that teams are dynamic and ever-evolving. Teams cannot be pre-built, put on a shelf, and then called upon when they're needed. 
They evolve as the members of the team evolve. Teams must be nurtured. They must be developed into high-performing functional groups, right? So we really have to pay attention and be intentional about how we nurture and build our teams, even if it's a team of one. Leaders should provide guidance and encourage collaboration. Additionally, leaders should consider how to find and offer opportunities for self-development for your groups of the people who you influence. As each individual grows and matures in their role, the team grows. What's the the quote? I think a sunken ship raises all tides or something like that. Iron sharpens iron, right? I can't grow and develop any more than another person. If, if, if I'm not doing my part, then how can I grow and elevate the team? So what I like about that, that concept is an individual's growth is not just about you. When you grow, you grow everybody else because they see your growth. And then especially for a high performing team, we're really competitive, <laughs> which means you're going to create competition and people are going to want to grow and to be better and to show up differently. Right. The third thing that we want to share with you today is to give your team a why. Everybody needs a why, right? So let's be real, business con continuity folks. Nobody's working for you because they like writing BIAs. Let's just be clear. Nobody's working for you because they like writing BCP plans. Matter of fact, when I was an intern, that was the one thing I knew I didn't want to do. Don't put me at a desk and have me writing no plans. I don't want to do that, right? What's the why of why they actually show up every day? Why do they come with a good attitude? Why do they come and do the things that, that you've asked them to do and do it better than everyone else? What is the real why? And I think what's important is as an organization, you need to have a why. As a department, you need to have a why. But as a leader, you need to know their why and why they matter and why they care about it. Because you as a leader have to be able to connect my team's why, the organization's why, and my department's why. And how do I infuse that together to bring the greatest value and the benefits back to the business. So give your team a why. Informing your team why they are doing something will allow them to buy into the process. They will know why what they are doing is important and how it impacts the organization and its goals. So I always say this when we're talking to clients about training. We help you equip your people to know what to do, how to do it, and why it's important. I say that every single time because even your employees who you're trying to train to not click on those cyber emails, to you know evacuate the building at this specific time, you have to literally get a why even for the people who you're trying to train and equip within the business. To build upon the why, senior level leaders can express their appreciation for the team and offer their support by showing members the what they are doing matters and is needed, they will be more likely to engage with one another and take the initiative to connect with other teams. So I love this podcast episode today because we're all in a virtual or a hybrid environment. And the number one thing that I see from a people perspective in our industry that we're not meeting the mark on is the continuity of leadership and how do we continue to build that? And so hopefully this podcast, number one, gave you the data and the stats to support why we're having this conversation. But also number two, I hope that the energy, engagement, exploration, understanding how teams evolve and giving a team members a why, I hope those things are important for you 
to put those in your leadership toolkit for you to be able to pull out as they're necessary to continue to grow and support your programs. Thank you for listening to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast brought to you by Espalis Advisors and Disaster Recovery Journal. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways we can support you. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.